0: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. I'm your host, Michelle Berard, founder and CEO of Urban Book Editor, and I'm really happy to share this hour with you where we examine all those places where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring. Now, I've been playing around with video. Didn't work out for this interview, guys, so bear with me as we go back and forth, probably between video and audio and Trying different things. We are experimenting as we are growing. And, you know, that's really what life is, right? It's one giant experiment, just seeing what works. So, hopefully, you all will be able to forgive me for not having the video after we started doing video uh, in the last episode. Now, I do want to thank my guest on the August 19th show, author and TED speaker Nathaniel Turner. You can connect with Nathaniel on social media. And if you missed that show, please make sure you listen to the replay. You can find our complete show archives, including the August 19th show at the the somewhereinthemiddlepodcast.com. Now this month's guest inspires others to create the lives they want for themselves. Optimal physical and mental health strategist, Gunther Mueller has spent the better part of the last decade working closely with over 300 medical professionals in a variety of specialties, assisting them in bringing life-changing therapies to their patients that help them feel young, healthy, and vibrant again. Gunther enjoys living in Anthem, Arizona, and loves to ski, both water and snow, kite surf, hike, bike, read, and experience the life he loves in the Southwest. Gunther delivers the education, insights, understandings, and sometimes complex information in simple, easy-to-understand conversation that inspires people to act and take charge of their lives. Today, Gunther is extremely excited to be sharing the revolutionary magnetic mind method that is taking the personal development movement by storm so that his clients can learn how to turn thoughts into things and become conscious creators so that they can also live a life that they absolutely love. Having the entrepreneurial spirit for the past 30 years, Gunther has been involved in several different industries, created, bought, and sold businesses, and earned millions of dollars in the process, which gives him a unique perspective and ability to see things differently, to coach his clients through sometimes daunting problems and life situations. Gunther has been personally mentored by Chris Duncan, the creator of the Magnetic Mind Method, and is certified to assist others in learning how to magically manifest the life that they love in all aspects. So I'd like to welcome Gunther Mueller to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. Gunther, thank you for being on the show.
1: Hey, Michelle, I'm really excited to be here to have an amazing conversation with you about um, just how to create an extraordinary life.
0: Okay, I think we just got yeah, I am not getting good. Let me see if I can switch to the other. We're going to have to start this over again.:
1: And is my sound okay? Should I I'm going to test a little microphone here also that I use sometimes? Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's not. Um, let me just see here. I'll test this real quick. If I do a test, 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 one, two. How does that sound?
0: No, you sound great. You sound great. I think the issue is this laptop was on the, on the, on the residential internet. I'm switching to the business internet on this one to see if that fixes it. I I suspect it will. All right. I will start the timer over again and I'll introduce you into the show. So I'd like to welcome Gunther Mueller to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. Gunther, thank you for being on the
1: show. Hey, Michelle. I'm super excited to be here to have an amazing conversation with you today about, you know, how to create an extraordinary life.
0: Well, I am excited about that, too. And of course, you already know, I start my interviews with two questions. And if you're ready, I will ask those two questions. I am ready. All right. So Gunther Mueller who are you and how did you become who you are today
1: You know that question is the most important question you can ever contemplate who am I I am a I'm an individuation of the infinite is the way I like to think about myself and the way I became who I am today is really through being a truth seeker for most of my memorable life I've always been one who asks the questions and really digs into answering the question of what it's like here how how do you how do you manage this thing we call the human experience
0: so i need you to say that phrase for me again individuation
1: yeah an individuation of the infinite so what i'm going to share with you today is you know we are all part of an infinite field of possibilities And when we come in to have this human experience and we take up a body, we become an individuation. It's like a drop of the ocean. When you take a drop of ocean water out of the ocean, it does not cease to be the ocean. A drop of ocean water continues to have the essence of the ocean. And so that's how I would describe who I am, an individuation of the infinite reality.
0: So that reminds me of what I used to tell the kids all the time is that we, we're little slivers of God, like that, whatever people think of, of God as being right. Like we're little slivers going off to have different experiences. Is that kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're part of the whole, we're all connected. It's all one, but yet we have an individual nature to ourselves, right? There is, there is something we experience ourselves as being separate from the whole, And that, I believe, is the human experience, to have this experience of being other than the whole or separate from all that is.
0: So how did you come to that understanding of things? Because it is rare for someone, particularly in the United States, in my opinion, to grow up with that understanding? How did you come to that understanding?
1: Well, I wouldn't say I grew up with the understanding. The understanding has been formed over a lifetime, right? So, I mean, I I grew up the way most people do, middle class. I grew up in Queens, New York. I did whatever, you know, my parents told me to do, which is to be a good kid, go get good grades, you know, go to college, uh, the whole path. But in the back of my mind, there was always this thing of, you know, what what is the truth? And I had all the same influences that most people have, whether they're, you know, religious or spiritual influences that were part of my culture, my growing up. And it, it was never really a complete story for me. It was never enough. And so I had to connect the dots and really make sense. And so it was looking at all the great faiths you know that are in the world and a lot of the great teachers and leaders that have come before us and reading incessantly and trying to contemplate complex thoughts and really answering the question who am i right how how does this all make sense to me and that's just kind of where i wound up after that kind of an investigation or contemplation
0: how did that manifest itself when you were younger in terms of that Kind of exploration?
1: You know, the way it manifested itself is not really fitting in. So, you know, walking to the beat of your own drum, not necessarily um, being in alignment with the group think, um, being able to hold your own thoughts and you know not feeling bad if someone disagreed with you or criticized you for not being part of the crowd I guess that's the biggest the way it manifested was you know I walked my own path whether people approved or not
0: (laughs) so and and you say you recognize this fairly young in yourself that you wanted to understand more like you you sense that there was more there. How how young did you really kind of tap into that? I'm curious.
1: You know, I, I think the most vivid memory I have of it is uh, I went to public school in New York and I uh, used to go to CCD classes at the Catholic school, um, you know, because mom thought I needed some religious education. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember, walking, you know, in New York, back east, churches are really cathedrals like and where I live out in the west now in Arizona you know, a lot of churches are in strip centers or they're in a commercial building. And I remember really being pressed by cathedrals, let's say like St. Patrick's Cathedral and Fifth Avenue in New York, right? It's just amazing. And I remember walking down the street one time and saying, okay, so, so God lives here. Like this is God's house, right? And it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Like it couldn't be because for God to be God, he had to be so much bigger you know, than, than living in this place or meeting him in this place. And I always contemplated, you know, of all the people on the planet, like, how does God keep track of all this stuff? And, (laughs) you know, and everybody's praying or sending some signal up to God, like, I, how does he even manage all that? Or she, or, you know, it, or whatever it is. I just, That's where it started. I remember being a little kid, maybe six years old, and contemplating that thought. Like, how is that possible? You know, the message that I was hearing and the way the people around me described, let's say, the concept of God, who God is, it just never really fit. That puzzle piece never fit in my puzzle.
0: See, I think that's really interesting because I always wondered, too, like, you got to go to a particular place to see God. I'm a little confused (laughs) I remember being confused by that concept that you had had to have an appointment on a certain day of the week to go to a certain place. And then that means God has a lot of real estate, right? God, yeah. church is literally all over the world. I well, if, you,
1: if you look at the Vatican, that is very true. The Vatican is the number one <laughs> real estate holder in the world. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and I, I tease a little because I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school, and all of that as well. So, for those who don't know what CCD means, that's where you go to get your Catholic kind of education, your, your yeah. Catholic version of Bible class. Um, if it's, you're, where the, I, it's
1: where the public school kids yeah. get, uh, you know, their dose of religion. Yeah,
0: yeah, because the Catholic school kids we just had it in class. So uh, there right. you go. Well, I think that's fascinating. And then I wonder, and again, I'm going to say Catholic to Catholic for lack of a better way of um, saying it. Do you think that Catholicism in any way influenced your tendency to question? And if so, how?
1: Yeah, I I believe it did, and I don't identify as a Catholic at all. I never really identified as a Catholic, even though I was confirmed and had communion and all that stuff. Um, You know, I I think most of that faith, uh, a lot of the uh, illustrative sides of it or the pictures around it comes from Dante's Inferno you know, and the story of, um, man, you better do it right, or else it's a terrible destiny for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. that, that story never resonated with me, because I was, I could never reconcile the side of, let's say, a loving God uh, damning anything to hell for an eternity. That just did not, that did not compute for me on any level.
0: Sounds a little schizophrenic.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I did in the same stream believe that there there has to be some reality that does make sense. Like, where did all this come from? Mm-hmm. Like, with the illustrations and the pictures and the storyline and all that stuff, you know, and today having investigated you know, many, many different cultures through the Egyptian culture and all the historians and Roman history. And and you start piecing all the pieces of the puzzle together. And I'm not here to tell anybody what they should believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here to share with what the actual quantum physical reality is in the universe today Mm -hmm. and how we can practically benefit from that to get more of what we love in our life. Um, So I'm not here to tell anybody, you know, what they should believe, not believe, what faith they should be part of. I think it's all good. And I think Mm -hmm. it's all for contemplation in really answering that question that you asked is, who am I?" I? I do believe society and culture at large does not spend enough time answering the question, who am I? Because there's so much noise. And today, you know, when I grew up, there was three channels on TV. And today, there's thousands of opportunities to be distracted.
0: Right. Well, and I asked the question because I think that a lot of people who come to what I consider to be a more realistic and holistic approach to life which is really what spirituality of any kind or religion of any kind is about, is about an approach to life. I think they come through that questioning and they come through that exploration. So you explored a lot of traditions and a lot of cultures and you saw commonality?
1: Yeah, I saw common denominators. I saw the a similar story being told, right? And of course there's nuances in each one of those so call it the major faiths or the minor faiths, right? And there are subsects of every sect, and there's been separation in every faith where different groups have splintered off because they believe something subtly different than the other group. And what you see a lot is uh, people making other people wrong for being different.
0: Mm. Yeah, that is a theme of humanity, right? <laughs>
1: Right, right. We, we like to feel superior to others. And so we create our own camp. And we say our camp is better than their camp. And so in our egoic mind, we get to feel better about ourselves, at least for a moment.
0: Yeah, until we have to realize that there's somebody else who thinks they're better than us.
1: That's right. That's right. So, you, you know, for me, it's always going up to that, let's call it the 50,000 foot level, the 100,000 foot level to really get a view of what is yeah. and yeah. staying there for a while. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because we, we like the black and white. We don't necessarily like the gray we 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 want to know the answer. We want to know the way it is so that we can plant our flag and we can have our base camp. And it makes the egoic mind feel secure and safe. And we like the status quo. Um, you know, we've always said in our culture, you know, we don't like change. The only thing that doesn't change is that things change. Yeah. But as human beings, we really don't like that change. We like certainty. We like significance. We like believing that we understand the the true nature and reality of of everything, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you and I talked briefly before, and I told you I watched one of your videos. This is what made me really want to have you on the show is um, you are coming at, or you've come to an understanding of things that really is science-based, Yes. Talk to me about that. What does that look like? Explain the concepts.
1: So the concept, and to keep it really simple, I guess my, my superpower is to take really complex subjects and make them simple for anyone to understand. So when you look at the last 40, 50 years of quantum physical research and, you know, in the media or on YouTube or whatever, you can you can dive into the science of quantum physics. But here's, The nutshell of it is that what the scientists have found out is that these particles, whether they're called quarks or photons, or there's a myriad of these subatomic particles, because when we went to school, you know, we learned about an atom Mm -hmm. and a nucleus, and there were protons and neutrons and electrons in an atom, right? And that's about as complex as we got. So there's a myriad of other particles that are infinitesimally smaller than what we understand as the atom. And the truth of it is it's totally different than we thought that it was. But here's here's the takeaway. The takeaway is that the particle does not even exist until the observer intends to observe it.
0: So that ties to what they found with the was it the hadron collider they found that when people were watching it influenced the behavior
1: absolutely yes so that means that your intention your desire your emotion who you are as this individuation as this being has an effect on your reality it has an effect on what you experience
0: so how does that translate for regular people
1: So for regular people and going back to the idea of, you know, how do you create an extraordinary life? This is what we're really solving for, right? The human Mm -hmm. experience is really in a nutshell to have less pain and more satisfaction. Uh, As human beings, we want less pain and more pleasure in the simplest of terms. Mm -hmm. And so we do what we do to create that. And you know what I what I share, let's say in marketing, is hey, become super conscious so that you can create the life that you love. The truth is, we are already super conscious as individuated beings. We are connected to that infinite field, and there's been a lot of science on the existence of what we call the field. You know, in Star Wars, it might be called the Force, or they, there's so many names around it, but technically, it's the field. Mm-hmm. And everything is connected into that field. Um, and that highest version of yourself, some people call it the soul, some people call it the higher self. I call it super conscious. That because we have a conscious mind, which is kind of that egoic mind that we're aware of all the time, we have a subconscious level to our mind that runs things unconsciously uh, your heartbeat, your brain waves, your cellular reproduction. Um, there's patterns that are built into the subconscious that you're either aware of or not aware of. And it's what, it's who you are. It's how you are. And then there's this super conscious level that knows everything, has access to all wisdom, access to anything that you want to know. And in our lifetime, we've been taught to solve problems. To get what we want, we need to solve a problem. And there's really three buckets of life. And that is usually people's quote-unquote problems fall into finance uh, money they fall into love and relationships and it falls into health and vitality and there might be another bucket there we can call miscellaneous for things that don't fit into those but most people when they're trying to solve a problem in their personal life it falls into one of those buckets
0: and how can working with their super consciousness super consciousness, is that the right way to say that? Yeah, yeah. How can that help resolve, let's say, a money issue?
1: So the way we've been doing it in the personal development movement, and it does work, it's great, it's just the long road, and that is we've been trying to recode, let's say, or reprogram our subconscious patterns, so maybe self-sabotaging patterns that we picked up by necessity through our life so what i mean by that is from zero to seven years old we made a lot of decisions about how life is you know what do i have to do to get food what do i have to do to get love what do i have to do to have a safe place to live and sleep at night what do i have to do to belong right we've made decisions about how life is and when we're in adulthood, some of the decisions that we made through those early formative years no longer serve us. They may have served the three-year-old version of us or the six-year-old version or the 14-year-old version of us. But today, as an adult living life, a lot of those decisions that we made that we, we thought were the truth, we thought were necessary, no longer serve us. And so in the personal development industry or moving, there's a lot of things like positive mental attitude or affirmation or the secret or the law of attraction. And all of those things are trying to solve the problem, let's say, um, from the conscious mind. And we're coming from the bottom up. When we go to the superconscious, we're going from the top down. And we don't necessarily need to know or discover or uncover what went wrong so this is the difference between having um you know a psychiatrist for 10 years and laying on the couch and trying to figure out what mom and dad did to us or our neighbors or our relatives or our school or something you know here the big premise is this you're not broken there's nothing to fix Mm -hmm. all right and when we look at great personalities let's say like an oprah winfrey or a prince or michael jordan or you know, Elon Musk or different people like that that we see in the media all the time as these celebrity type folks, we can see that their personalities are not perfect, right? They, They have not spent a lot of time refining, let's say, who they are and their personality. But the one thing that they have done is they have focused on what they love. They have focused on what they are here to do, their nature, their purpose, who they are, And they have put all of their energy and focus into creating that which they just love, that they just love to create. And so therefore, they're at this level that we look to sometimes and we say, hey, you know, what does it take to be like that? Mm -hmm. And in our lifetime, we've created certain, I want to call sabotaging identities and I'll just share the top six with you. The top six is like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm insignificant. I'm not perfect. I don't belong. And we all have aspects of that. And that is what, when that runs in the subconscious programming, it does create our reality experience. And in order for us to shift our reality, we need to change our identity. Our identity needs to move because the identity is always congruent with the reality that we're experiencing and so those particles show up in a congruent equation with our identity so i don't know if that's too much or if you have any questions right around that because that's a deep concept that you kind of got to put in your pipe and smoke a little bit you know and and really contemplate you know what what that means
0: yeah so that that's making me think, though. So, of course, we need to undo that, what we might call programming. Yeah. I mean, from the bottom up, this is what I'm hearing. Coming from the bottom up, subconscious up to conscious, it has well, con-
1: conscious, in- conscious up to the co- subconscious mind. So we're trying to reprogram the subconscious from the conscious mind. From the
0: conscious mind.
1: Yeah, so and that's that would be that
0: limited effectiveness, is what I'm hearing
1: yeah it it is effective. It does work, but it depends on our motivation. It depends on our willpower. It depends on us sustaining that effort,
0: okay. As opposed to the approach that you take, which is kind of a uh, coming from the superconscious down to the conscious, or are you just jumping? I'm coming past
1: from, the imagine the the subconscious is in the middle. The okay. the conscious mind comes up to the sub the conscious mind which is how we think every day right mm-hmm. our, our mm-hmm. consciousness comes up to the subconscious when we go oh. when we go to the superconscious we're coming down to that subconscious layer and the superconscious side of yourself already knows everything knows every event every trauma every abuse every decision everything that's ever happened in this life stream okay yeah and super conscious can see your desire can see your intention can see what it is you would just love to have and it also sees the resistance that's in the way of you having what you want what you would love to have right mm-hmm. and when we do the 15 minute magnetic mind recode, what we're doing is we're just asking superconscious to update that subconscious program. And, and the best way, the best analogy I have for it is like a Windows 10 update to your device or an iOS update to your device. Every once in a while you just get a message on your computer, oh, we, we need to do an update. And you say, okay, update. And then it updates, you have to restart your machine. And there you go. And you have no idea how Windows 10 works, right? You have no idea how iOS works. All you know is you fire up your computer and it works. Right. And that's that's illustrative of how the subconscious mind works. It's just doing its thing day in, day out, depending on the program that we've put in place. And the truth is that our active experience from day to day is we really have created it all. We have created this experience that we're having and so therefore our power is to choose what we love to choose something different if we desire something different and by choosing it and removing just the resistance not knowing not having to know exactly what it is meaning we don't have to spend years or decades uncovering Um, whatever happened to us or why things are the way they are. We don't have to put together the whole puzzle. When we go to the superconscious level, superconscious already knows. And we just ask for what we want. And we basically are saying to superconscious, look, do you see what I want? Can you see the resistance that's in the way? And can you do something about it? And superconscious is able to do something about it. And so we ask it to do so. And it's like downloading this Windows update and so the magnetic mind method is just much easier, more fluid, and we just get results that we want faster.
0: So if someone were to um, come to you and say, hey, you know what? I'm having these real issues in, let's say, relationships. You know, I really want to have a great relationship. I, I haven't been able to maintain a relationship, or my relationships that I've had have been really sucky. Um,
1: right.
0: And you go through this process. Mm-hmm. What how does that show up from for a person afterwards?
1: So how it shows up is that things just change. Some people may exit your life, new people may come into your life, circumstances may call it magically change, mm-hmm. serendipitously change, coincidentally change. We attribute a lot of things to coincidence and serendipity and uh, rarely use the word magical but it feels magical because think of your life as a holographic movie okay mm-hmm. you've been in a movie theater before imagine stepping into the screen and you become the main character and everyone around you is there for you mm-hmm. and you are the producer you're the director you wrote the script you're the screen playwriter, uh, you handed the parts to everybody and in the holographic movie, it is all happening not to you but for you, and all the characters around you are playing their part. And when you set your intention or you come clear on a true choice, let's say in relationships, let's say the true choice is you desire, you would love nothing more to have an amazing, open, honest, intimate uh, relationship with your best friend or your Mm -hmm. lover or whatever it is. And however you describe that and and however you can see that in your mind and you get into the emotion of that end result, what would it feel like to be in this just amazing, intimate, loving relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just fluid and it works great and it's awesome. And so when you send that vibration, you send that intention into the field you are basically collapsing that possibility from the field of infinite possibilities in the quantum physical world. You're collapsing that one possibility into your active experience. And that is how your reality shifts. And the only thing that's holding us back is some resistance, some code, something that's in the way of of us having that which we desire. And so how it shows up we don't need to worry about how things show up. We just need to become brutally focused on what it is we love. What do we want? What do we desire? And the most important thing about a true choice is that it can't be a stepping stone unto something else. It has to be the choice or the desire has to be an end result in itself. Mm-hmm. And an example of that Is, um, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and money. So a lot of people come to me and say, look, I need a successful business so that I can experience financial abundance or, you know, a lot of cash flow or financial freedom, however you phrase it. And And I have to pause them as a coach and say, look, the business may not be the true choice. Your true choice is the experience of abundance. And what's abundance? It's, it's having more than enough, right? Mm-hmm. Having freedom, having the ability to do whatever you're able to do. That's truly the true choice. That's what you really want. And you have decided or you have problem solved that you need to create your own company or create your own business in order to have that experience because you have decided that it can't be done, let's say, through a job or through what you're doing right now. And the truth is that in the field of infinite possibilities, there's truly an infinite number of ways that the universe could actually manifest the circumstances, the conditions, the people, the scenario, let's say, for you to experience infinite abundance without ever having to have had to create a, let's say, a business of your own. Now, the flip side of that is if creating a business that has an amazing impact on the world and on people is your true choice, and it's what you would just love to do, then that business or that venture or that desire is a true end result, a true end choice. So hopefully your audience can understand that that subtlety, that difference, and how important it is to really choose well or to understand the true choice or what it is we're going after and you, you've heard the saying you know be careful what you wish for <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yes be careful what you ask for young lady for you will surely get it is what i used to say uh, <laughs> so I, i'm curious because how do people because i think this is my perception i think the biggest challenge and this is what i think i'm hearing you say is people really knowing what they want so that they can ask for it
1: yeah so the question you asked me is who am i right i think that's the most important question that people need to contemplate and spend time with and i really don't care if it takes you a year or two years to figure that problem out or Mm -hmm. to get a good answer to that question and then to me the follow-up question is what do i want who am i and what do i want and In our life, we have not been encouraged or trained to choose that which we absolutely love. When when I ask you about a true choice, if I said, Michelle, what do you want? What do you want more than anything else in life? And you gave me an answer. And I would ask you then, okay, so if you had that, what does that get you? Well, what does that do for you? And if you had an answer, beyond you know i want it just because i want it i want it because i would just love to experience it for no other reason other than i want what i want because i would love to have it Mm -hmm. i would love to experience it we've not been trained in our lifetime to come from that kind of creator stance we have been trained to solve a problem and we make decisions most of the time by default or by consensus and this is one of the ills I see in social media is, you know, we live by likes and shares a lot Mm -hmm. of times and we make decisions and choices, not necessarily with regard to our true choice, but what does everybody else think? Or is it going to be approved of, or do I have permission to choose that or go down that road? And, you know, choices by elimination, choices by default, choices by consensus, Instead of really contemplating, you know, who am I and what is it that I truly love? And the, the creative stance, okay, we, we we're going to, in this method, we're going to back out of the problem-solving stance. We don't need, need to figure out how the things will come to pass. We need to get good at figuring out what we love. And some examples of true choices that I'd love to share with the audience is, you know, I choose to live my true nature and purpose. It's just a choice. I choose. I choose it. I choose to live my true nature and purpose. I choose to be the predominant creative force in my life. It's just a choice because our power is in our choices. I choose to live the life that I love. I choose to be healthy and vital. Those four things, right? It could be and the healthy and vital is important in our culture also. Let's say, you know, we have some terrible diagnosis. You know, the, the true choice may become, oh, I'm going to beat this thing. I'm going to overcome that thing that I have, right? That mm-hmm. illness or that problem. And that may become the true choice, but that is a problem-solving choice. Right. Instead of backing out, no matter what it is you have, whatever is plaguing your physiology, Having the true choice of, look, I just choose to be healthy and vital. It means I don't need to know the details of my illness or my sickness or whatever is plaguing me. I'm just going to put all my energy and all my focus into being infinitely healthy and vital. And when I send that signal to my superconscious side and I allow the universe to create the circumstances and the conditions for how that is actually going to come to pass to answer your question is like, how does that show up in the practical world? Well, it shows up magically. It shows up in a way that you never thought it would show up. And the circumstances, the people, the conditions, the whatever needs to happen, those particles in the quantum physical reality manifest in a way that is then congruent with this new identity. When you answer the who am I question, and the what do I want question, and you do, let's say, some of the practices of getting into some quiet time, some meditation, some imagination, I mean, here's the truth, the mind does not know the difference between imagination and reality, Uh, okay, so so anytime you can be and exercise that imagination muscle, okay, one, one of the rules here is, you must be able to form a mental picture of that which you want. You have to see it in your mind. You have to be able to visualize it in in all its subtle nuances. What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What's that experience really feel like? And that's really the third step of the Magnetic Mind Method is to get into the emotion of the end result. When you say, I want X, Y, and Z, well, what does it feel like? To actually have that, to be that, for that to be your reality, what would you really truly feel like? And to spend a good amount of time being in that. And that relates like to Olympic athletes. I mean, how many times do you think Michael Phelps visualized himself breaking a new world record?
0: Well, and Michael Phelps is a perfect example because I've read articles about his process. He would actually... Envision each race, yep he would envision the a feeling the, his arms moving through the water, yep, he would have very detailed visualizations of each and every race, and that it was part of his preparation process,
1: yes, yes, and seeing himself you know touch that wall three one hundredths of a second ahead of his most, you know, arduous competitor and him looking up at the scoreboard and seeing that it's a new world record and, you know, visualizing the audience going nuts and cheering for him. All of that is the experience of breaking a new world record.
0: And that's like, uh, what, the 90s, was it the 90s Chicago Bulls team? When they were under um, Phil Jackson? Mm Mm-hmm. They did meditations and visualizations, right, before games.
1: Yes, and the other common denominator of of everyone that we look at and say, man, they're amazing, they accomplished something different, they they all have coaches. They Mm -hmm. all have people speaking into their lives, showing them what they cannot see for themselves, right? Speaking, I mean, take Tiger Woods, you know, greatest golfer, um, has had coaches from the time he's seven years old or Five, seven years old, right? He's had coaches showing him how to golf better.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. So if someone wanted to learn about your process, how would they be able to get in touch with you? How would they be able to connect?
1: Yeah, so the best way is dreamlifemasters.com. So dreamlifemasters with an S com. And I, I got some resources on there for free that people can download. Because I, I think the most important thing that people need to get started is to have some sort of a morning ritual in their life or an evening ritual. And they start really focusing to answer these questions. I mean, what is it that I want? And then a process of taking aligned action, the fifth step in the magnetic mind method is to take obvious aligned action. So getting aware of whether it is finance, it's love or it's health, right? Those three big buckets, where is it that you want to make a change in your life? And then there's also a link on there to join one of my webinars, where I get a little bit deeper into the science for people that you know this, this conversation has resonated with them and they'd like to know a little bit more. Happy to have you as a guest on a a webinar and teach you a little bit more. And then for anybody that wants to experience an actual recode, meaning spending some time with me, and we go through through true choices and true desires, and we create up the structural tension between the way it is now and the way you'd love it to be, we get into the emotion of that end result, we do a magnetic mind recode, and then we determine what the next obvious action is. I'd be happy to do that for any listener that um, wants to experience that. To go to get that is uh, Quest for the Quan, Q U E S T 4 F O R T H E Quan, Q U A N, questforthequan.com. And what I'd be happy to do at that place only is uh, a very discounted session for your listeners.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Gunther, this has been an amazing conversation. I am so excited for people to connect with you. Make sure that you go and connect with Gunther on his website, and that is the dreamlifemasters.com website. And if you're ready to dive in, I mean, really dive in and get this done, then you're going to go to questforthequan.com. And Gunther, thank you so much for being on Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. And hopefully we can do it again someday.
0: That would be awesome. Well, that's our show this month, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or Michelleberard.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Make sure you tune into the show on October 21st, when my guest will be Sam Diarra, Founder and Chief Motivating Officer at Ignite the Dream Coaching and Consulting. You can find us once a month on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern at the Somewhere in the Middle podcast.com. Let's continue the conversation. You guys be good, stay mindful, and remain prayerful. Peace and blessings, y'all.